Hello, my sister friends. Welcome to season six. We're back and we're bringing you meaningful conversations. I can't wait to share with you all the things that we're going to talk about in this season six. And today's our first episode. So are you ready to have a conversation? Are you ready to talk about empowering the female voice? Let's get louder. Let's raise our voices and make change everywhere we go. Come on, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the table. This is season six, Kathy. Season six in the house. Yes. yes. Amen. Time has went by. I mm-hmm. cannot believe that we are at our sixth season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grace of God has been good to us. Yes. And we've had some amazing conversations and some amazing exchanges. And so this season, we want to continue that trend. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about things that are important that are life-changing, that are relevant. And we want to just continue to present to you uh, the heart of Jesus Christ on these episodes. And so I've got a great table today. (laughs) Yes, we got some newbies at the tables. And so I want to introduce them to you. But before I do, I want to introduce our cup. Um, Our cup for today says, you are special. So as we start our season six, I want you to know that you are special. There's no one else like you. You have a unique fingerprint, and I'm glad that we are sister friends. Yes. 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 Each of these ladies are unique in their own way. So um, we just want to remind you of how special you are. Yes. All right. We're going to get ready to have a conversation. Um, This Again, this is our first episode of our season six. Mm -hmm. And uh, take a minute and you know, share, like, invite a friend to join the conversation. If you're listening on our podcast, thank you for being a part of our podcast family here at Sister Friends. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start this season, Kathy, and I wanted to start it by talking about empowering the female voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might say, empowering the female voice, do do we even need to do that? Mm -hmm. And well, in my world, I would say no, because Mm -hmm. my voice is loud. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I have people that hear me and um, I already feel empowered. Yes. But uh, women empower women. Yes. And uh, that should be our motto. Yes. Empowered women empower women. And it's not, we're not talking about anti-men. Right. No, absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about. Absolutely not. Just to lift a sister up. Come on, lift a sister <laughs> up. Yes. That's what we're going to be talking about. And so I have some amazing ladies sitting here at the table and um, I want to introduce you to them. So, Miss Jakethia Prejean. 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 <laughs> yes, all the way from Lafayette, Louisiana. Jakethia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an educator. Uh, I teach science. Yes. Um, also an entrepreneur, business owner. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you are a, a school teacher. You I'm teach a teacher. In the, teacher science in the science subject. Right. And you said you're an entrepreneur. Yes. 
and an entrepreneur of what? Tell me. I know you do multiple things. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Health and wellness. Yes. Uh, also getting ready to publish a book that helps with the wellness of our mind called Absolutely. Reset. Reset. Okay. okay. Tell, tell me a little bit about Reset. What What is Reset? So, See it on your shirt. Yeah. Reset is, um, you know, it's a journey, as uh -huh. I like to say. Uh, but Reset means reevaluating. Reevaluating everything so everything thrives. Reevaluate everything. Everything. So everything, everything thrives. thrives. I love that. Right. And so basically, um, like I said, reset is a journey. Mm -hmm. When I say everything, it's not to be overwhelmed with everything, at, you know. But right. at certain parts of our life, we need to look at everything and say, I need to do this, this, and maybe three things, and just kind of reset it. And so. Make us thrive, because that's that's the point. Absolutely. Yeah. That we just right. not survive, but we thrive. Right. We're at our best. That's All good. All right. I'm yeah. excited to get this new <laughs> literary work from Jakeetia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. And now we and also we have at the table with us for the very first time, uh, Miss Fallon Little. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Fallon. So, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I'm in the Air Force. I fly planes um, from San Antonio, uh, Texas originally. And um, yeah, just God's brought me in on an awesome journey um, just throughout that, and He's you know taught me a lot. So yeah, really glad to like right. hopefully share a lot of that today. So. Yes, okay. absolutely. So she flies planes. Mm. She flies planes. <laughs> so what kind of planes do you fly? Yeah, so I fly the B fifty two. What? Uh, it's a big bomber. Yep. Yeah. And, um, but initially start out with the uh, DA twenty. That's how a lot of people start. You know, in the Air Force, uh -huh. and then. Uh, flew the T6 and the T38. Uh, T38 was probably the most interesting because it's like a small jet, so yeah. it goes really fast, and um, <laughs> you have to learn quickly. Um, yes. <laughs> but there's a lot of times in there where you know God uh, really, yeah, just uh, taught me a lot, <laughs> a lot yes. about trusting in Him. So. Yeah. yeah. So have you always wanted to be um, an airplane pilot? Um, actually, no. Yeah. Okay. For the longest time, I didn't. Um, but it was. Just before, like the weekend before job preferences were due, um, that I felt God tugging on my heart and just saying, hey, I know you didn't really consider this very much, but it is going to challenge you and make use of everything that I've given you. Oh. Um, your experiences, your personality, your, your character. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay. I'll wow. go do it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Good. And yeah. it's really, listening mm -hmm. to Fallon, it just, it brings me to the thought of um, being just the poster child for empowered women mm -hmm. um, in the fact that there's somebody that's watching that says, do you know, do you really need to, to empower women? Is that, a, you know, is that a thing? Um, I really believe that women should be in every sector of society. Yes. And I love that you said, God said, have you considered? I love that. You know what I mean? Because you might have not have considered yourself. But he considered and, 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 and his consideration of you caused you to think and then say, I'm willing to go for the challenge. Right. You know, that's powerful. And so really, that's what we're talking about today when we talk about um, empowering the female voice. And um, Kathy, what are your thoughts about that when I say, you know, empowering the female voice? It was, when we talked about it earlier, mm -hmm. I was like, this is going to be amazing because, like you said, you have a voice. We all have our individual voices, but we are here to lift each other up. And it's yeah. not anti-man. And then, um, you know, I was thinking about, I forget um, her name, Ruth 
is getting, she was on Supreme Court. I can't never remember her last name, but she recently passed. But you, recently, like uh, what's her recently? name? Ginsburg. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. and she said a woman should always oh, yeah, have did. a seat yeah. in every room. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought that was powerful because we do need to have a voice from our perspective. Right. And, you know, you got a lot of people making decisions, but what about the woman's voice? Mm-hmm. How we feel in right. each situation. So it's time to empower women and not to say again that men, we're anti-men. Right. Every, because empowering women doesn't doesn't mean, mean that you're... Um, we feminists. Right. Or that you're anti-male. Yes. Um, or that you're, you know, um, speaking... Uh, negative or even replacement yes. of it's mm-hmm. it's saying to me it's it's saying uh, like what you said Fallon about um, being considered and given the opportunity to fully be yourself mm-hmm. you know right. in yeah. in a certain area you know what right. I mean and you right. may, maybe you didn't consider yourself um, as a as an airplane pilot or even hearing you Jakeitha saying that you're a school teacher and um, in my age demographic growing up, most school teachers that were in science or math were male. And so for you to say, and I'm a science teacher, I'm like, girl, give me some. And she cute. Yes. She cute because most of them weren't cute. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you're in a sector. You're, I mean, right. women are always in teaching, right. but they, they pretty, pretty much put them in certain categories of their teaching. Right. And so to see females teaching math, teaching science, um, teaching um, in uh, gym and sports industry, um, mm-hmm. that's what I mean when I say empower the, the female boys. That if you can see it, mm-hmm. then you can be it. Mm-hmm. And and so being making sure that we're seen and you know just in all sectors of of society, um, so that we can add our unique voice. Um, coming from our unique gender mm-hmm. um, to that situation. You know, when I think about God, I think about God, I think about that. Um, that's his desire for us. Yes. Is, is that everything that he's deposited in us, mm-hmm. that we, pos- we put ourselves in a position um, to release all that he's put in us mm-hmm. so that we don't have any res- restraints. Um, Jaquita, tell us a little bit about Reset and how that um fits and incorporates into um, being all that God's called you to be? So I think, well, not I think, well, <laughs> one of the biggest things that I believe that women uh, struggle with mm-hmm. is the imposter syndrome. Okay. okay. So we find ourselves not being mm-hmm. who we authentically are. Mm-hmm. We tend to compare. Mm-hmm. Okay. We tend to, uh, you know, especially with social media. Yes. Well, I don't, not as pretty as her. My weave don't look as nice as hers. <laughs> My wig doesn't look as nice as yeah. hers. And so we tend to actually, because I am a scientist as okay. well, because I, you know, yes. I took the other alter- alternative route to education, but I have a science degree. Oh. So what I did, that's very male-dominated as well. Okay. But what, but what I, I kind of know a little bit about the brain. So the brain says, for women, we have a little space that's a little bit more like I have to compete my, compete with somebody else. Uh-huh. I have to, you know, mm-hmm. you know kind of overcompensate. Okay. Um, just because I don't feel, you know, like secure in ourselves and our insecurities. Mm-hmm. Well, in the male, they tend to be a little bit more dominant. Okay. So uh, I think the imposter syndrome with reset is that with reset, you have to understand who you are authentically because my reset is not like your reset. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What I need to 
reset is not what you need to reset. And I don't need to compare myself to you because I'm authentic. I'm yeah. me. I'm all mm-hmm. who God called me to be. And so when you are when you're in a reset, you have to dig in mm-hmm. in a sense and find out that purpose, that true purpose and a true identity that God has put in you for you. And that I'm not like my sister, but I'm a part of the team. Yeah. And my voice matters and so does yours. That's yeah. Good. So that's good. That's, yeah. that's my take you know, on that one. <laughs> um, I asked my husband as I was preparing for this segment, I said, you know, what's your definition of an empowered woman? Mm-hmm. You know, just picking his brain. And he said, it's the absolute Proverbs 31 woman mm-hmm. tapping into and releasing all the potential that lies within her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a leader, a mother, a wife, daughter, caregiver, motivator, innovator, professional, mm-hmm. um, conqueror. And when we, I think most most times when people think of the Proverbs 31 woman, they just think of her singular yes. as far as a homemaker type. Right. Mm-hmm. But she was so much broader than that, mm-hmm. as is the female species. You know what I mean? There's just right. multiple layers. And and so I think part of the empowerment is, is knowing that we're going to change and evolve and that God's blessed us with time. Mm-hmm. And so who we were at 15 or 18 and who we were when we were six years old, dreaming, playing with Barbie, and to who we are at 50. I mean, we literally evolve into, you know, different um, people and and then making sure that as we're evolving and as we're changing and as we're growing, that we're we're doing it as our best selves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, connected to our our thoughts and our passions and mm-hmm. you know what I mean and our ideas. Not not so much. Um, to me, that's what that's what I think of when I say empowering. Mm-hmm. Is is that I'm fully showing up every day for my life. Yes. Mm. And then not just me, but helping other people. How does that look for you, Fallon? Because I know in the military, <laughs> you know, when you, there's a certain part of being in the military that you 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 sign up for that I have to surrender because right. this is the government of the United States. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of the Americas. Right. And so you give you give up some some things. Mm. But then mm, there yeah. are some things that you say, no. What does that look like? Right. Um well, I guess, like, in terms of, like, stepping out every day, I mean, you have to be mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically prepared. And so something I was thinking about uh, recently was um, always being ready, yeah. you know. And, th- and that's something that we train to. So in the military, we're always practicing. Yes. And we're, we're always doing the same things over and over and over again. So that in, in any situation, we have that confidence going into it. Of, I know how to deal with this because I've seen this before. Even, even if I don't, I've been in other situations where... I've, I'm dealing with something I've never seen before and I still make it through, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so it's like the same thing um, spiritually where it's like pouring into the word, you know, being in prayer. Like mm-hmm. that's how I can set myself up to go in and, you know, deal with whatever is, right. whatever's going to come mm-hmm. to me. So, you know, there, there are like lots of different things that, you know, I guess I've been presented with and I've had to navigate, like, does this, is this in line with the Lord yeah. and what he wants for me mm-hmm. or is it not? Um, but that can only be done if I'm in that communion with the Lord, you know, and, mm-hmm. and connected to the Holy Spirit. And so that's how I know I can navigate through whatever, you know, presents itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. no, no, that's good. That's good. I oh, love yeah. the part that what you were saying about um, the rehearsing and the practicing mm, yes. over and over. Yeah. Um, the readiness. Right. You know, mm-hmm. being ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think of that a lot um, as a mother. Um, you raise your children individually. Hopefully, you do that mm-hmm. um, because they're they are individuals. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. And so, and then and then when, if you've got a, a son and a daughter, you do cater certainly um, in some areas to what a, a boy needs versus what a girl needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the goal is to to teach them and the, and to nurture them in a way um, that they're ready. Mm-hmm. That no no matter what happens, you right. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think. Sometimes when we're when we're raising our daughters, not all the time, um, we could be limiting, you know, in in the information or in how we're raising them, um, which makes them feel like an imposter, like you said, once they get out in the world because you didn't make you didn't train them to be ready, yeah. or you train them to be ready at a deficit mm-hmm. versus you know just as in their personhood. You know what I'm saying, Kathy? It's almost like what I said before. We train our women. We raise our girls, but we baby our boys. Mm. Because we know the deficits we have as women. So we want them to be stronger. Right. And as yeah. you was talking, I know the military culture, worked in the military for years. And every time I see a woman with rank, I would get so happy. <laughs> it just made me proud. Mm-hmm. When she walked into the room and she had rank or she was over a squadron or unit when you say you was a b-52 and you you flew i just started smiling inside because i'm like that's the power right there and i was thinking about this the super bowl when they were saying these are females flying over um mm. b-52 and i went on the internet facebook put all the bombers on their female bombers and i was like i ain't see your picture i should have put your picture <laughs> but that power yeah. and how it makes you happy when you see another woman thrive mm. and usually in the military that's a strange feel because you see all men Right. Right. Yeah. Dominating everything. So when you see a woman come on the scene in the military, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, woo, there she go. Because (laughs) you don't see a lot of B-52 bombers. Well, let me ask you, do you you think that you don't see it because, um, I mean, what is the the reasons why? Mm. Do you think it's patriarchal um, structure or do you think it's because women haven't just been interested or, you know, there could be a variety of reasons, but in your opinion, what, what would you say? Right. So I think um, in general, girls tend to work, like want to work more with, um, actually, I'll say with the pilot worlds. I'll say that first. Um, I've seen like girls want to work more with people. Guys okay. want to work more with things. Like in general, <laughs> yeah. that's uh-huh. kind of how it plays out. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm totally okay with seeing the amount of women that we have, mm-hmm. only because I don't think you should really force anyone to want to do something that they don't want to do. Um, So I think there's that aspect of like, I'm a little possibly different Mm -hmm. in that I am more attracted to these things that a lot of other women aren't aren't necessarily attracted to it, you know? Um, But then at the same time, I think there isn't that role model of Mm -hmm. like, hey, there's someone out there that looks like me, Mm -hmm. you know, more than this other person. And they're doing the thing that I actually am interested in doing. Um, I felt that at UPT, which is uh, undergrad- undergraduate pilot training, um, I had this one woman, her name was Major Hattelberg, and she was awesome. She helped me out so much throughout pilot training. Like, she trained me really well. Um, but she's 
you know, another woman. She's Hispanic as well. And, and so I got to fly with her. And the first time I flew with her, I was like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It's just another woman flying a plane. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was in there and we had an emergency and she took over and she took it into land. And I saw how she flew and I saw what, you know, how she handled things and how she even said things. I was like, that's what I want to do. Like yeah. she made it more possible yeah. because yeah. It, it, it was like someone who looks like me is doing the thing that I so desperately want to do. Mm. And she's just doing it really well. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so I think, I think there needs to be more of that, more of that exposure. And, and there hasn't been that in the past, but I think they're getting better at it. Yeah, yes. that's good. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I wrote down this saying, uh, you will be too much for some people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, those aren't your people. Yes. You know what I mean? And and I think a lot of that has to do, um, fits into um, empowering women. Because mm-hmm. women are very uh, relational. Right. You brought yes. that up. Very relational. And, and not only just relational, but um, we're very intuitive and we... We pick up on, you know, we have a greater, a greater, I would say, sensitivity right. to atmosphere and <laughs> moods. And, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. And so, and sometimes um, because of that, we can self-mute right. or we can, you know, misplace our, it doesn't have to be something that's happening on the outside world. Um, it's something that we do to ourselves, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because of that, because we don't, we're looking for, have you ever been in, in a, in a situation where you're going into a room and you know, okay, there's nobody there, no one knows me. Mm-hmm. But when you when you get to the doorway, you're looking for who's my people yeah. in here, <laughs> who's my, you know, Your and some, right, you know, and it may be someone with a, a, a certain shoe or a purse or just the way that they're standing. But you 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 pick it up and you go, okay, I'm gonna start over there because you're looking for that little comfort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not that you're not sure. But, but there's a certain level of affirmation mm-hmm. that you're looking for. And sometimes I think, now I'm just, we're just talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes I think that that affirmation can, can stop us. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I think sometimes women, as women, and not all women, yes. we could be catty. And then, like you say, we could step in a place and then we compare ourselves mm-hmm. to other women or what she's wearing or what she's doing and step in, instead of stepping in the room saying, oh, I'm here, you know, to have a good time yeah. and to be empowered. And what I was going to ask you, Jakethia, in this big science category, what you do, which we say is limited to females, do you have a hard time getting the females to get it? Or they feel like they less than, I'm not smarter than, this is not for women. You know how? Right, right. You're talking about as far as educators? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, Because when you have a math science brain, because I've taught math too, it's real logical. Yes. And women don't tend to be logical. Yes, (laughs) yes. So you you do get it, but I, I have seen a lot of women that are, you know, in that area as far as education. But when you look on the other part, cause like when I was, you know, like in undergraduate school, I would do interns and it was a whole male dominated field. And so you wouldn't see that at all. And so even in sometimes in the classroom, mm-hmm. I see that, you know, if I do a lab, the boys are all into it and the girls kind of go like, well, I don't, I don't really, you know, they, they kind of feel like they can't do it because again, mm-hmm. you know, they're more talking, they're more, not, not into the things, but they're more into, you know, relationship. Yeah. So you do see that a lot. So when I come with my other perspective or women come with their other perspective in the mm-hmm. science field, it's kind of like, huh? 
you know, because I tend to look at things sometimes a little bit different. Even if they see you, they're like, oh, we got a female science teacher. You and know, you black. like that. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and they, then yes. they add on the black, yes. too. <laughs> and you, you empower your empowerment to them. you like, right. we could really do this if we really wanted to. Right. And that's what I tell my students. I said, you know, because I want to be, I want to be, you know, I want to be a cosmetologist. And they tend to, like you said, go towards the, you know, the female-dominated yes. fields. And so a lot of times I share with them my story, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm not... I've always wanted to be an educator, but I just kind of ran away from it. And then I, you know, like you said, God just pulled you back to right. where you need to be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, like you said, that empowerment, too, because I can even speak to not just the women, but the young girls yes. to tell them, hey, you know, you can be... You can be the cosmetologist, but if you want to be an engineer, you can be an engineer. If you want to be a physicist, you can be a physicist. If you want to be a chemist, you can be a chemist. Mm -hmm. And so I share with them, you know, because, you know, I'm in a field where my undergrad degree is like, huh? I have a physics degree. What am Mm -hmm. I in chemistry? So you don't see that a lot. So the kids are like, oh, wow. And so you just kind of empower that that we could do that. You could right. do it. How did you how did you break through in a in a male dominated um, space? You know what what <laughs> were some of the strategies that well, not really that you mm-hmm. use? Because sometimes what happens is you can either get your breakthrough and learn how to you know navigate through that successfully, or you can be you could be you can become like we talked about earlier yeah. anti right yes. you know and so you, you can become angry or you can mm-hmm. have trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've had to, you know, navigate in all male circles that weren't friendly or that weren't affirming. Right. And so um, people don't realize that they could spend years, you know, doing something and, and then realize later, this traumatized me, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can't figure out why you can't find a boyfriend or a husband or <laughs> that you, you mistreat your male children or your brothers. Because, you know, you I've been fighting all my life, Harpo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yes. how did you navigate? The, the first thing that came to my mind when you said this is that I have to keep speaking. Yes. Yes. And not just it. with my voice, yes. but with who I am and yes. what I do. Yes. Uh, when you were talking, I thought about a time. Can I tell a story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> when I, I took a break from the classroom and I went and I, I was in a lab. Okay. And it was... It was like for uh, like Department of Transportation. So we were in there, we were doing samples and working with dirt and all that. And it was like one female lady in there. And I was like the other one. And they were like measuring things. And, and I'm telling them like, that's not how you measure things. And they were looking at me like, we've been doing this the same time the whole way. And I'm thinking like, but I'm just, you know, it's like you, you, you speak, but you don't have to speak and be, um, I don't want to say ugly, but with the confidence, mm-hmm. like I'm not trying to, uh, you know, just like make make it condescending to you, right. but I'm I'm really just trying to help you out. Right. And so they took it a little offensively. Um, and then I even had one person to, they took what I said and twisted it and then said I didn't do something. And so it kind of it, it could have traumatized me, but okay. I knew that wasn't my field. So I said, well, let me go back to where I need to be. And so another thing that I feel like if you are in that male-dominated field, you have to know that that's where you belong. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where you belong. Even mm-hmm. though I was the I was the second woman, the only woman or two women in there. I was she was Caucasian. I was African American, and that plays a big deal, especially where I'm from in Lafayette. Um, we tend to be, you know, that colorism, racism stuff. But um, I knew that I belonged there for that time. Okay. Um, I knew that science was my love, and mm-hmm. so I don't I don't shy away from it. But then I took it, and I just now I'm in a more 
female-dominated field, but, oh, okay. you know, as educators, but you still get that right. competition, that intimidation. You still get that but as well. But you know that you are female. Sometimes right. what happens, oftentimes, when a woman step in, a woman step into a male-dominated occupation or whatever, we become male because oh, we got to yeah. act like we got to rule no. over them or I'm the boss. No. Or even in preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some women, they feel like we got to... Uh, <laughs> we got to preach like men. And when you get a woman that will stand mm-hmm. in the pulpit and, and be, be graceful and, and graceful share the word. And, humble. and then people are like, oh, she boring. <laughs> but see, because they compare to that, you know, you can't be graceful. I got to right. be a man in the pulpit. I got to be a man in this. I got to have that takeover, you know, male-dominated persona right, to right. survive. Right. right. Yeah. Let me ask you ladies this question. This is some. This is a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that people misrepresent God Um when it comes to um, his thoughts about women, you know, because especially right now, because everything is so um, anti-patriarchal and, and, um, and so they give God a bad rap, in my opinion, because I'm like, hello. I mean, he used women at every stage of his story, every stage of redemption. They were powerful women empowered women, yes. unseen women. Yes. I mean, he couldn't even get into the earth realm without a woman. Yes. He right. needed a womb. <laughs> he needed a woman. Yes. So to, to to talk about him as if he's, you know, anti-woman or mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's muted the, the female voice, mm-hmm. to me, speaks more to... Um, the ignorance of you don't really know your Bible. Yeah. You couldn't right. really, really know, know your, your Bible. God. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Yeah. Um, what are y'all's thoughts about that? What do you what do you what are your thoughts, Violin? Right. I think um even with Paul, you know, writing about marriage and mm. the structure of the family, that mm. what he was talking about, especially in that time, was actually more revolutionary for women. Because mm-hmm. at the time women were treated way worse than they are now. Yeah. And so to say to a man that you should take care of your wife as you would take care of your body mm-hmm. um, and respect her and all these things. Like that's actually more contrary to the world at that time, yeah. um, more than you would think. So there's that aspect. Um, I think also, you know, the world can see that same sort of passage and say, hey, that's demeaning to woman to women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that comes along with just a misunderstanding of what marriage is and what mm-hmm. it's supposed to represent and what mm-hmm. it's supposed to teach us. Right. Um, but then you read the rest of the scriptures and you see that God literally tr- entrusted the most important part of the gospel, yes. the resurrection mm-hmm. with women. Yes. Um, and then, you know, Jesus to talk to the Samaritan woman was so such a no-go mm-hmm. at that time. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he chose to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And so... Something I was thinking about too, as as y'all were talking, was um, I think I think um, I guess the the biggest thing for for me in my life is just following what God has called me to do. Yes. Right. Yes. So if that's to be a pilot in the military, then that's what He's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really paying attention to the world and what it's telling me that I should do. Yeah. But it's just really listening to what God that's is calling right. me to that's do. Good. That's yes. good. That's yes. good. Yeah. I was going to say that earlier because that's where the true empowerment comes from. Yes. That you know you just be mm-hmm. who God called yes. you to be. Right. And I wanted to be a teacher at three, but I didn't become a teacher till I was twenty-eight. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kept running from the voice of God. Right. Yes. You know. And so I think I know that. You know, the empowerment comes from his voice as well. Yes. And I think that uh, I was thinking as well um, that a lot of a lot of why people don't give women their props or feel like God has just I think it's a cultural thing. 
Okay. Um, because I look back at women 50 years ago versus now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. about, you know, I have, you know, we're more educated, yeah. we're more out in the business right. field, we're more seen. And then I think back 50 years ago with my grandmother, she didn't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a, you know, she didn't, yeah. she just stayed home. She yeah. cooked and she cleaned and she never really worked. You know, yeah. my grandfather did everything. He had a business. Right. He taught his kids and his grandkids. And so it's the culture. Right. And so I think that um, from that perspective, I think we're still kind of stuck sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the culture of 50 years ago that we think that women are not important to God. Right. But that we've always been important. To always. Right. I love that. I love yes. that. I mean, I think yes. about, I love the story of Esther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, God could have raised up Mordecai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have just raised somebody and right. say, hey, we're going to take the Jews' right. story. didn't have to go that way. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. But he raised up Esther right. for such a time as this. And, you know, I think about Deborah in the Bible. I think about the deliverers, you right. know, yes. the judges. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, that's like, that's exciting because you see not only biblically, you know, those are old stories, but of course they are very relevant to us now. But, Absolutely. you know, we see women in the workplace and we see women in politics and mm-hmm. we see women in the military. And I think that's important because we're able to look up to them as well. Right. And know that it's, they, they had to be God. Yeah. And put them there. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That had to be God. <laughs> right. Like, uh, what you said, uh, what was the lady that just, that passed away? That yeah. had to be God. Yeah, Ruth. Yeah. You know I mean, she yeah, was there Pittsburgh. with all yeah. Yeah. male dominated. I mean, that had to be God. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to, you know, God shows his wonders through women as well. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, as you can, as you can see, uh, women's voices are being raised. They've been, they're being empowered. Mm-hmm. They're doing um, unprecedented things in the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, and God's for it, and uh, God backs it. Yes. And um, so I want to say to you, reset, reevaluate everything so everything, everything thrives, yes. and find <laughs> someone else that you can take with you on your journey. Because if we can see it, we can be it. Yes. Thank you for joining us for season six. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this monumental season six, episode one. It was a great conversation with Catherine, Fallon, and Jakethia. We want to continue to raise our voices, raise female voices. Let's empower each other. If we can see it, we can be it. Be sure to follow us across all of our social media platforms. And don't forget, Something to Sip On is next. Now this is something to sip on. I'm gonna say that when you are being authentically your true self, uh, that's when you're most empowered. That's when you're the loudest, is when you're being your authentic self. Let's practice that, let's be that. Kathy, what are you sipping on? I'm gonna say, whatever God has empowered you to do, reach back and help someone else out. Don't be a lone ranger. We are here to help each other. So empower other women to greatness. Absolutely. Fallon, what are you sipping on this week? Yeah, so I'm going to reference a Bible verse, uh, Luke 12, 48. 
and it's basically to whom much is given, much is expected. And so this week, think about what God has given you and all the ways that you know He expects you to, to use that in your life. All right, Miss Jakethia. I want to say that you are intelligent and you are brilliant, but I want you to own up to it. Oh, oh that's good. That's good. Yes. That's right. That's good. all right. So, sister friend, own it. You're special. You're powerful. Lift your voice. <laughs>